what happens when you have to record an episode with Luca on three hours sleep and after like being pitched by a dozen startups or more? Well, you're gonna find out. Welcome to Blockchain from the Block. My name is Luca, and this is my colleague Ivan, and we are Blockchain from the Block. You really haven't slept, have you? No, I haven't slept. <laughs> he's, he's on so, so, it's like on three hours of sleep, being hyperactive. But hey, welcome to Blockchain from the Block, the 15th episode. I had, I can't actually. 15. 15th. 1 5. 1 5, and I have no idea how we managed to survive so far. Jesus Christ. But we're actually Good going Lord. to talk about something very interesting, and that's uh, Starfleet. So you've been talking to startups, I heard. Starfleet, many, many. How many startups? Is that is that what you have slept? Bazillions. Bazillions. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, it finished a couple of weeks ago. I mean, the, the program. But yes, so we what's Starfleet have... for those that haven't heard. So Starfleet is this thing from uh, uh, Star Trek. So it's basically. Uh... <laughs> I'm kidding. So Starfleet is. The blockchain incubator slash accelerator, so kind of a hybrid program that we built from scratch in order to incubate, I mean, incept and accelerate startups who are using blockchain as their underlying technology. So this is Starfleet. Starfleet is basically an accelerator on, uh, for blockchain startups. So how many startups applied? How many went through the program? Where from? So it's worldwide. So we take applications from everywhere, any continent, any time zone. Um, we have selection of 20 startups. We structure it in a pretty specific way. It's not your usual three to six months, blah, blah, blah. And then you do the choreography and then, you know, hopefully on demo day, you find someone who's going to invest in you. We do it a little bit different. When you say choreography, what do you mean? I mean, you worked in other incubators, accelerators, you know yeah. how it looks. So like. the usual choreography, I never did like three to six. This is like, this, this horrified me. But what usually others are doing, and I understand why it's pragmatism, but they have an intake and then for three months, three months, sometimes even six months, they have startups in one place and they every, I don't know, we once per week, two times per week, three times per week, they bring in some smart people, you know, and a lot of mentors in hopes that it's going to stick in their head and trying to push startups to do something concrete. It all started because, I mean, right now it's a cargo cult. So, you know, when you're doing something without even understanding, you know, why are you doing it? And it all started because of Y Combinator many, many years ago, 2000. So everyone just started following the model and exactly. here we are today. Exactly. And here we are today. So we kind of basically reshuffled the whole thing. I basically... Kind of with a lot of my colleagues throughout the years, we kind of perfected the, the mechanism a little bit. And now it's one plus four weeks maximum. So one week we have an intake of 20 startups, maximum 20 startups. Uh, last year we, we have done 18, no, 19. This year we have been even more aggressive. So we invited 17, I think. And then, aggressive in terms of the criteria you chose the startups? Yes. And, you know. So what does that mean? I mean, looking so, at... Looking at I've seen a lot of incubators. Some are lenient because they don't have really a choice because they need to get everyone on board. And some are very strict in, in different ways. What does so, strict mean? So for, for us, it means if you're not performing, you're out. Simple as that. What does performing mean? Performing mean if you are doing this startup because it sounds like a good idea. If this startup was an old idea, then you stuff blockchain inside it. If you are arrogant, if you are a prick and arrogant, and if you're fucking around, if you are, you know, just doing all of the things that you shouldn't do if you want to build a startup. Interestingly enough, you mentioned one of the criteria being like having a whole idea and then sticking blockchain on it. 
Yeah, is that's there, common. Like, that's common. That's is, like. Are there companies that 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 actually makes sense where they they had no, an idea? No. Why not? Because I would I would imagine that someone might have had an idea, didn't know how to implement it, and then and then saw blockchain and was like, okay, this is something that can solve the issue that I had and couldn't solve before. So very 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 rarely, because the things that blockchain is solving is not something that usually people want to build as a startup. So in order for a blockchain in a startup to make sense, what you need to have are a couple of like fundamental things at the same time. So one thing is that participants in this, whatever it is, exchange or interaction are not trusting each other. The second one is, so basically, I don't trust you to deliver on your promise and vice versa. The second one is that you have an underlying need for complete automatization of trust and governance. You have a fundamental need for censorship resistance. That means that if something is pulled in the blockchain, it becomes the law, whatever it is, and it cannot be pulled without killing the whole blockchain. So for those who haven't worked with blockchain, it's basically like, it's like social in terms of it's, it's, it's general, but it's specific. And it, it it's not just like, oh, put a share button and now you're a social app. Exactly. All right. So this is exactly the, the whole thing. So if... You walk like a duck, you quack like a duck, you're a duck. Quack. Exactly. But if you walk like a zebra and quack like a duck, you're still Ooh, a zebra. How does a zebra oh, I don't know. It's like a horse. <laughs> it's a horse with a QR code on it. So, <laughs> so coming back to the point, the main... The main issue that we had for a long time, I mean, um, not the ones, not with the ones that we actually selected for Genesis Week. This is how we call the first week, the Genesis Week, but the ones that actually applied. We had a couple of hundreds of applications. We accepted, accepted applications worldwide. I was expecting less applications, but it, we, we got more. And the reason why I was expecting less is because there was this crazy thing called crypto winter. So the prices of all the major cryptocurrencies dropped significantly and everybody panicked and all of the, you know, hype deflated a little bit. Now it's inflating again. And... There was not so many of those, you know, who, who did this. Just taking a pitch deck, a deck and expecting to fundraise, I don't know, a couple of million just because you, you know, rename the pitch deck into a white paper and then try to fundraise. So basically what, what we're trying to find is like true proper utilization of blockchain technology in, you know, solving real life problems by using, of course, blockchain, eternity blockchain. And this is how we kicked off. And you obviously found some startups. Exactly. So we, we found it uh, initially it was, uh, uh, I think, initially it was 20. And then we cut it to 15 even before we started because some of the teams were let's say be gentle yeah a little bit prima donnas a little bit kind of too picky a little bit demanding and we said look this is not for you this is going to be very aggressive this is going to be very very hard and you know it really doesn't make, make sense for you we had a lot of startups who were was, quite, the, was there the reaction when you when you tell them like no i mean reaction doesn't concern me i mean i'm doing this not because i'm evil or i'm bad but just because i see something that they don't so they can think i'm an asshole or or i don't know i'm wrong but I'm usually right. So anyways, 15 startups, okay. What did you 15 use? startups. So basically they passed through uh so the, the thing with Starfleet is that we want it to be fully decentralized. What does it mean? Is that it doesn't have one place, it doesn't rely on one place, it doesn't rely on one person or persons. It happens worldwide simultaneously at the same time or in different times. So this is the ideal. So what, one of the things that we've done since day one is that we said, okay, you do not need to be physically present for the program, but you need to be present. So the present is mandatory. 80% mandatory attendance. If you drop below it, you're out. 
So this is this is what happened with a couple of startups who wanted to hustle their way through that. They said, look, maybe I'm too busy. I'm super important. I'm la la la. And, you know, I cannot commit full time for this one week because I have super important things to do and la la la. So we said, okay, fine. Thank you. See you. And good luck. We're very, we're not arrogant. We're not, you know, we just said, okay, this is not acceptable for us. If you cannot, thank you very much. But the main point of this is that this week is very intensive for everyone. Us, the startups and everyone, especially to the ones who are remote. So we have teams on site. We have teams who are remote. What's the, what's the ratio? I think it was 50-50 last year. And I think it was close to this. I think we had one, two, three. I think it was a little bit more for the remote teams this year. I think we had five, six, no, six, six or seven teams physically present and then the rest were remote. The reason for it is because this year we had a beautiful team from uh, US. I mean, they were also remote. One guy was in Texas, another one guy was in Boulder, another one guy was Prague. We had a team from Venezuela. We had a team from, multiple teams from uh, Kenya and Nigeria and, you know, all over. German, Croatian again. So so we had quite a lot of diversity here. So the main point uh, around this is that we take a week and we compress what usually is done in three months. We structured it in a way we have a framework behind it, which is kind of logical. It's basically a fruit of, I don't know, experience all from the past five years, multiple, like, I don't know dozens of batches, multiple hundreds of startups, and the whole framework is supposed to speed them up a little bit. And a lot of already decided, you know, this is the product and this is everything, and then we kind of reset it. So the purpose of this is basically to compress all of this knowledge, and we work with them like 12 hours per day. We're really, really exhausted at the end of the whole process. They are too. But um, the, the purpose of this Genesis Week is twofold. First one is that we're trying to compress as much knowledge as possible, and then expose the startups to that knowledge, whether they like it or not, whether they think it's useful or not at this point. Why? Just to create some sort of a logical connection towards them. Because this knowledge will not be utilized immediately. It will kind of, you know, they will need it later. So we talk about everything that you would want in a startup accelerator, everything from problem solving, I don't know, lean startup, blah, 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 value proposition design, business model canvas, sales, uh, pitching, uh, budgeting, blockchain fundamentals, eternity blockchain fundamentals, development, stuff like this. But it's all compressed in a week and a lot of things happen that um, they're usually not aware of it. We have a lot of kind of mini tests. We have a challenging session, which is, I would say, the most useful tool that they don't know it's useful for them. So it's basically a stressful thing. It's a challenging session. It's basically a, an hour-long session with us on one side and they, them on the other side, where we basically... Um, tear them down? Not tear them down, but ask awkward questions that they were afraid to ask themselves or they think they have the right answer, but they don't. So basically trying to shoot as many holes as possible in order to save them a lot of blood, sweat and tears and pain in in the future. So for some teams, this is super stressful. For some teams, this is like, yeah, we got this. But I think, you know, at the end of the process, what we do is we basically take whatever was the intake and then we cut them significantly. So either in half or even more. Last time, last year was uh, half. So last year we had 19 and we cut them to 10. And what about now? I need to check. Really, I need to check. I think it was 15 or 16 down to four. Mm -hmm. So of, of those four startups, 
What so basically what happened, what happened is that after one week, we said, okay, we selected these seven. And then they graduated into the four-week fast track mm -hmm. uh, program, which is an additional, basically everybody goes home. It's still remote, but then they work with us closely. You know, we give them some tasks and they give us some tasks and then we work on problems either together or we just leave them be to see what they're going to do. So four weeks later, we come and see the results. Did they progress? Did they just, you know, screw around? And then basically then on the demo day, the actual demo day, we selected the four out of initial mm -hmm. 14 or 15. So that's quite aggressive. I was trying to be even more aggressive, but, uh, and my colleagues were also even more aggressive, but then we kind of found, you know, that maybe this is the best, best selection that... that Can you tell us something about the four startups? So the four startups are quite diverse. They are covering different, completely different kinds of uh, projects or tackling different kinds of ideas. So there is Abend. Abend is a German company, German startup. They are basically, they were uh, a company that were building a ticketing system for festivals. They organized their own couple of festivals, like 20, 30,000 people festivals. So just a magnitude of, I don't know, a music festival. But basically what they wanted to do is, what they figured out is that you have a major issue and a major problem here. Well, basically, if you're selling tickets for cash at the end of the, the day or at the end of the night, you end up with 200,000 euros in cash, which is, you know, you stuff garbage bags with cash and then sleep on them because there's no bank open or probably near. So one of the things that they went is for a completely cashless tokenized ticketing system, but also merchant system. So basically what happens today in terms of, uh, let's say you're coming to a music festival and you get this bracelet, all of these things instead of through a bank, because there's a lot of problems on the on the um, remittance side, but also on the payment side, you know, they solve it in cryptocurrency, tokens for payment. So they're going to try to attempt uh, to solve that major issue. Then we have Cryptic Legends, mm -hmm. which is a Maltese company, actually Serbian company, but incorporated in Malta. They're a very cool bunch of people who decided to build a uh, um, top 11, with, so a football manager, but for... Oh, okay, so uh, it's not the team behind top 11. No, 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 no. Like just you know, the way to describe it. So like if you would mash up a football manager and Hearthstone, like a car trading game. So you have heroes that have unique properties and abilities, and then you can, you know, rev them up, and then you fight against someone, some other player. And as you play, you know, the results are uh, generated automatically based on the stats. And then whatever happens, you win or I win. If I win, my uh, I receive some experience, and then my character grows, and la la la. So the team is quite interesting, quite good. They have quite a quite a great deal of experience in in, in, our, in and around uh, gaming, but also blockchain. That's a good thing. And I think that uh, so once they kick off, they're gonna have. I mean, I expect not only one game, but multiple games throughout the years to come out on on Eternity. That's basically. fucking awesome. And do you think they'll ch challenge uh, Nordis in the end? No, I don't think so. I mean, this is a completely different animal. And I think they're like super big. And I, I, I know that they even spoke with, with, with the guys from Nordis. I mean, Serbia is a small country. Bigger than Croatia, but still. It's like Not that bigger. Like, I mean, I'm thinking you're, you're waiting for a World of Warcraft on blockchain. One day, <laughs> one day maybe, maybe. And then we'll lose you to one hour sleep. Yeah. And that's it. Okay, yeah. what else? Did that, wasn't fun. <laughs> you wouldn't so, be the man you are today. <laughs> So then we have a company called CryptoTasks, which was, it is a Croatian 
team and creation startup, which is basically trying to fix, uh, again, a major future problem that we're going to have is that everybody's going to go freelance in the next 10 years, or at least this is how it seems like. So what they're doing is trying to build a decentralized job marketplace, but not job, but the tasks marketplace. A little yeah. bit like gig, exactly. A little bit like Fiverr or, or, or Upwork, a little bit like maybe TopTal without the stupid vetting and stuff like this. So it's fully decentralized, meaning that it's peer-to-peer. It has a built-in dispute resolution system, which is quite advanced because what happens if you're not satisfied with the job that the guy did or stuff like this. Uh, escrow, like you get paid only when you do the job and somebody verifies it. And they include other people, other people that are having jobs or doing jobs as a dispute re- resolution mechanism. So basically, if you make a proper decision, so for example, somebody sends you a PSD file that was supposed to be a, you know, web page and then you see it's crap and then you vote it's crap and the guy actually you know gets penalized for this you can also earn some money on top of this quite interesting guys are super experienced that did this before they did the token sale i think just before the crash and build the whole system and now basically they are rebuilding major parts of the system on eternity and then as soon as this is properly done. I think uh, they're going to launch it very soon with oracles and all of the bells and whistles. So uh, we have, last but not least, uh, a startup uh, called Homeport, which is basically a decentralized global satellite data marketplace. This is a team, super experienced team that uh, is in the business for a long time. So one of them is a non-technical lead for CubeSat missions, which is like small satellites. One guy is like embedded system engineer for, again, guessing satellites then a blockchain developer, etc., etc. So basically, they explained it to me like this, that all satellites are basically just space vehicles, simple space vehicles that collect and transmit data. Exactly this. Nothing less, nothing more. And in order to receive this data, you need to have a ground station. So you need to have a satellite dish or a satellite antenna or some sort of a satellite. This is kind of super expensive. So what they have done so far is that basically centralized ground stations exist. So you build a ground station, you, you collect the data, and then it goes through through them. So their technology is basically, basic architecture is building a decentralized one, allowing everyone who has and can collect the data to go and go on the marketplace and actually allow that to happen. Awesome. All the startups sound really good. What do you expect next? What, what so, comes after Starfleet? Right now, what we're, we're doing with the, with the startups, we're negotiating the, uh, exactly the terms on, of the investment. So we uh, invest 100,000 in Eternity tokens in each of the startups, but the terms, valuations, specific you know, mechanics of the investment is still being negotiated with them. Hopefully, we're going to close this within the next two weeks. And in parallel, they're building the product still, and they're going to continue building that afterwards. So what happens is that the startup, the Starfleet, as a startup accelerator is going to get distributed and decentralized in the future. So one of the things that we're actively doing in parallel to all of this is that we extend the number of locations that we have throughout the hubs that we build. We have uh, Eternity Hub Africa in Nairobi, in Kenya. We are um, now negotiating with Malta and establishing it in Malta. It's convenient, easy, and also smart because Malta is one of the most advanced countries in Europe or EU to be more specific with a blockchain 
regulation, which is very kind of liberal towards blockchain startups. Then uh, we're negotiating with a company in Thailand to launch in partnership with them Starfleet in Thailand, also Uruguay in South America, and probably we're gonna stop here for this, uh, for the next batch. So this is like a monumental task, but the whole idea is we we cover as much ground space as possible, as efficiently as possible. Mm -hmm. So finding a local, in all of these countries, we have a local partner, we have a fully developed product, meaning the, the sort of program. We have done it many, many times. Uh, I've done it maybe, but. 10, even maybe 12 times so far, usually with 20, 30 startups per batch. And there's not a lot of things that actually we need in this case, just a local partner willing to learn and willing to do it with, together with us. And just a lot of, you know, things to prepare. So the next batch is gonna happen again. It will be an online or remote, but also local, but distributed across the globe. Oh, that's going to be interesting. Now we just need to record the podcast in three locations. Anyways, that was it for this overview of what happened with uh, Eternity's Starfleet. Thank you, Luca, as always. Uh, share the podcast, like, tweet us, and give us your feedback. This was Blockchain from the Block. Uh, listen to you next time. And reviews. They're super important. Why? Because of two things. First one, it brings us up in the iTunes charter so more people can hear about blockchain, Eastern Europe, the Balkans, and DLTs. Because it gives, it doesn't feel like, you know, we're speaking to no one. You know, you need to speak back a little bit. So let me do this. I will send 100 eternity tokens to the best review that we read under iTunes in next episode. This excludes, of course, Ivan or Lorena.